This is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Hello, everyone. And it's our goal to talk about birds here maybe every other week when it suits my schedule. Sure. How's Passes your, your fancy. How's your week been? Um, uneventful. I've been working. How about you? It's been good. All right. We're going to talk about the big change in your life, or we're going to skip past that? We can. We can. I, I right. So here's here's where I have issues talking about it. Right. I understand. I'm a federal employee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as the federal government is wont to do, they, they come down with, like, mandates from time to time about what it, federal employees can do on their social media and what they can. And I'm talking right. about their personal social right right media. you're very careful about what you say not yeah. not as careful as i should be and and recently i've seen some changes coming down where i'm just like oh wow that's and and what's amazing is so many federal employees name, are not paying if, to it paying if your attention. name rhymes with blair and blightler anyway as as evidenced sure. by some higher ups who have absolutely no idea what i do um i think it's safe to say yeah i work for the national park service and i work for yeah. a national park site in minnesota right and, yeah, I got a promotion. That's I'm so happy about this. This podcast has nothing to do with any of that other than it intersects with nature. But No, but I was thinking about it. It was like, because I try to hard really be to be the sort you of person. You try hard to really be? I try really hard to be. No, I try really hard to be not what some people were to me when I was getting my start. Okay. Um, sometimes things can get competitive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I kind of jumped into everything of just being like, hey, we're all going to friends. You guys can help mentor me and stuff, and we're going to have fun, and I'm great, and you're great, and we're all going to be great together. (laughs) And I found out the hard way that, wow, sometimes... Sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you rub people the wrong way, or people people get threatened by you, and you were just like, no, I was just being friendly. I'm sorry. Um, Rubbing the people the wrong way is a truth I have been living for 46 years now. I just was enthusiastic, and sometimes people took my enthusiasm as hostile takeover. So anyway, I try really, really hard to be with young birders in particular, or people who want to be naturalists and are Mm. young. I try really hard to be like, seriously, ask me about my mistakes, and let me help you. Let me help you do what you want to do. And they're like, oh, can I really? like, one of the many things I love about you. I I would prefer you not do it in Facebook Messenger, just because I don't like that platform. (laughs) I will I will WhatsApp with you till the cows come home. But Let's go in this cave and shut the steel door. Turn, it's turn, just turn, Facebook turn. Messenger is so intrusive, and yeah. I find a lot of federal employees like to oh, yeah. contact me on my day off. On yeah. anyway, so I'm a park ranger, and at first people were like, "Oh, what's your new title?" Well, I've always been a park ranger. I just got mm-hmm. I just went up in grade recently. Right. I got a promotion, and so people are, "What's your title?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm still kind of a park ranger. I'm just more rangery." <laughs> Riverboat queen. No, actually, I think I got, I got a title today. Oh. Interpretation specialist. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway. So, um, yeah, so I got a promotion, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, I get to, but basically, I get to do what I've been doing, but more so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but no, it occurred to me, like, because I do get people, it's like, how can I do what you do? And in some ways, you can't, because... I started this blog. Because you're going to crush everyone who tries to come after you. No, 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 no. No, um, no. Just if you think back to like when blogging was a thing. Sure. 
It's not really as much of a thing now. It can it's still be a, a it's thing. It's not a hot trend. It's, it's something not a hot that trend. exists. It's something that exists. And and I, my blog isn't what it used to be. I mean, I kind of saved my blog mm-hmm. for when I have something I want to write in my own voice and not yeah. what an editor wants me to tell me to write. Right. Also for this nonsense with your insane husband. Yes. Yeah, for this. But but no, they're, they're like, sometimes I'll put something on social media and an editor will be like, oh, can you like write this up for me? Here's how right. many words I want. Here's I mean, how you're... much I'm going to pay you. And then sometimes I'm like, I don't want your voice to interfere right. with this. So this is going to go on my blog right. and not to you. This is for me. Yeah. But I'm sorry, what were you going to say? No, no. I was just going to say, you, you're at the point where people will pay you to do things. And so there's always that. There's it is. an option between, oh, I can get paid to do this for this, and I know what I have to say for this organization, or this editor is going to change this, versus I'm going to write this for me. And I'm going to freestyle it. Right. They're going to be typos. Versus, you know, what, 10, 15 years ago, it was like, hey, here's who I am. Look at me, everybody. Yes. I'm interesting. Yeah, so, but no, it's fascinating, because, like, you're the one that pushed me to have a blog. I think, oh, actually, yeah. the first blog I had failed, because I didn't do it. It was on Blogger. I specifically remember that, like... There was there was a blog before the, the Bird Chick blog on Blogger. And mm-hmm. it may have still been the blogging, Blogger platform, but... Yeah. But I, rem- I distinctly remember I was trying to get articles into different birding magazines, mm-hmm. and I was pitching. I remember that Birdwatcher's Digest gave me the nicest mm-hmm. uh, decline. Oh, yeah. And there were actually, like, handwritten notes saying, this is, <laughs> this is interesting, this is just not for our magazine. Right. And so I couldn't get published, and so you were like, you should start a blog, and I did. And when I started it, my my initial goal with having a blog, and I think this is kind of the point of like someone who's starting an oh, Instagram, sure. it was like, I just want to get free stuff. I want to get free books. I yeah. want to get the books I can't afford. No, I remember when you, you were so resistant to starting the blog, and I'm sure this is somewhere on the internet still, because you transferred the blog. Like, your first few posts are, like, are terribly shitty. They're not, like, long form. Like, here's this interesting... It's like, yeah, Bill said I need to post this, so here's this. Mm. I went out and saw this bird today. I don't I have would, any... I digital, would... digital cameras don't exist, so I don't have a photo of it. Yeah, and then I would argue that quite a few of my posts in a blog are shitty. Mm. You know, I mean, just in the grand scheme of, like, what stories stuck and what stories don't. Oh, like, yeah. what stories I use for yeah. my keynotes and what stories mm-hmm. I kind of recycle for articles. But, and let me be clear, these are when I've been hired by someone to set that says, you can recycle this article for the website. I'm mm-hmm. not some terrible writer who only recycles stuff. Right. I, oh, I yeah, want to be clear okay. about that. Sure. I just realized I said something. But no, <laughs> but um, no, when I started the blog, I was like, well, I want to get free stuff. And then when the blog took off and I started getting free stuff, I was like, okay, now I want to get optic sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Maybe I want to get free travel. And my eventual goal with this is I would like to get like a full-time job in this field with yeah. benefits. And I just realized it was... it was like, I have, I get free travel. I have optic sponsorship. I don't make it a secret that Swarovski and I have a wonderful relationship. Right, 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 right. Um, and if you want to argue with me that I have not paid for my optics, I will show you some budget sheets. I have paid for the optics that Swarovski gives me. No, it was, it was about creating for, well, there is no better term, your brand, which is yeah. what, and the thing that we always, well, there was another group that I was part of. We were talking about like trying to explain to people what a brand is. A brand is not a logo. A brand is when I say this, Mm -hmm. what do you think of? When I say Coca-Cola what comes into your mind when i say mercedes what comes to mind so when i say bird chick what comes to mind and so that hopefully was hopefully it's of, your reverent birding exactly that was yeah, part of yeah. building what the brand of and, and that's what it is, is. And, and it's actually i was having a conversation recently with someone who made a wonderful wonderfully inappropriate birding joke 
completely inappropriate. Right, 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 right. And this person got raked over the coals for it. And I said, I guarantee you, if I had posted that on my page, oh, yeah. people would have been like, oh, this is hilarious. And I was like, yeah. I guarantee the people who took you to task for it would have laughing emojis. Yeah. But it's because you're not a known, I, I, don't, I hate to say known brand, but it's like, oh, we all know Sharon is highly inappropriate. And this yeah. is something that she would post. Oh, yeah. And, no, there's a completely different level of of reaction to you know what i say to i have so i well i can't explain what my brand is my brand is being an asshole, asshole. i guess you're but, brand, but but you're a but self-aware it's, asshole. it's it's also bespoke assholeism i'm not an asshole to the entire world i'm an asshole. You're, yeah you're yeah. just even to yourself so i have friends who are intelligent strong very feminist women and i can make the worst most sexist joke i can send them the worst images in the world and they will laugh at them my favorite moment of you was (laughs) oh wait wait wait. i want to hear this (laughs) was um yeah we can talk about this uh was when uh we we watched our godchild being born yes oh oh yeah oh yeah that's completely i just i was like at first like are they gonna be okay it's like She's done a one-woman show. It's okay. Yeah, no, we got invited to be in the birthing room. Yeah, And it was accidental because originally the thing was that we were going to be in the birthing room to help, because she had to be induced, mm-hmm. uh, to just kind of help distract from... Yes, exactly. And then shit got very real. And we were like, do you want us to leave? And she said, no. There, there were no complications. Let's not... No, no, there were no complications. It was, yeah. I mean, it was, everything was fine. Mm-hmm. It was like, it had to be induced. Right. There was a plan. Emails were sent out. Please right, come right, visit right, us right. while we're waiting for things to happen. And we did uh-huh. come visit. And and then, like, like shit got real. Like, right. water was broken. Contractions happened. Yeah. And we stayed. But our friend... I'm trying really hard not to say names. Yeah, it was fine. No, here's the job. Like, we had two reasons for being there. One, you were there to cut the umbilical cord because... One I was the, there, and then also if it had to be a C-section. Yes, because I was one of up. the one of the parents was not comfortable was like was not sure if they were comfortable doing that. So you were there. I said I are, will be your backup if you, you are need me down. To. And I was there to make the other I, to to make the other parent laugh because we have a completely similar sense of humor. And my favorite moment was contractions were happening. Things were close. She was in pain. And uh, you you asked you're like do you want me to like tell you what's going on and no she, I said do you want me to make you laugh yes and and she said yes and then you started saying I said uh, okay well this is uh, the result of the pain caused by the sin of Eve and what you need to realize is that both the I think there was a, a doctor and a midwife there who were there both, was a midwife I were both women remember, yeah and they looked at me with unbespoke horror but the i just want to say you also said god is punishing you god is punishing you yeah yeah. and but our friend who was there laughed uncontrollably yes which is why and i completely said it deadpan i was just like because i had been sitting in the corner reading because it was being in a birthing room is super boring if you're not actually okay i I just want i just want to point out (laughs) so my favorite moment is that you were doing that and making the midwife look horrified and everyone had to assure the midwife, this is why I invited them here. But also, like, when push came to shove, yeah. so, so to, to speak, speak. <laughs> you were strategically holding your phone mm-hmm. so you weren't seeing certain things. Right. Whereas oh, I yeah. was all up in that. I was like, oh, I see your baby before Oh, I, yeah, I saw it, but I assumed they would want photos, but not photos of, that was a, Rach, honey, you can see everything. <laughs> no, no, it was just, no, no, I, I, there were distinct moments where I was like, no. Bill wants to not see stuff, I don't blame him. Oh, I saw it. 
I meanwhile, it's like this is fascinating. Didn't take photos of it, but I uh, did not yeah, take. No, photos. I was, uh, I was, I was there to make. So is the, anyone out there having the a birthing person laugh? And I did my job. So, so I just want to say, yeah. do, do you need some comic relief in the birthing room? You can hire us out. Oh, we I will. don't know about that. No, it's no. The stuff I do anymore is bespoke. I do it for specific people. Like my whole, as you know, my whole thing is finding like old Hollywood photos or old comic book stuff and posting that. But I always try to pick the specific person to whom to send that. So when I travel and I have friends who mm -hmm. see things that you tag me and they're oh, like, gosh. where does your husband uh, find this stuff? And then the next question is, why isn't your husband friends with me? I was like, oh, he's not friends with him. He's no. barely friends with me on yeah. social media. No, I'm, I'm, I'm specifically closing my Facebook loop, which is making Facebook so much better. Do you know Dunbar's number? John Dunbar from Dances with Wolves? No, 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 no. Dun Dunbar's. It's a concept. It, the Dunbar's number is a concept that you can only have meaningful and active connections with 150 people. And I'm trying to reach that number on social media. Okay, so, but there used to be the thing of like, uh, you can influence 250 people in your lifetime. This was before social sure. media. This was the thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. you have the power to enter, to influence 250 people in your lifetime. Sure, but Dunbar's number is like all, you can only, it's, I don't want to say you can only have 150 friends. It's like you can only have 150 interaction like people that you interact with and they know you and you that's all of the connections that you can actively maintain in your life and I'm i kind of so... want to do this with birding i want to have 150 birds yeah. that i actively maintain relationships and it's with. not i mean it's sort of a it's sort of a and i don't know the science behind this a guy proposed this and there have been studies about this and papers about this but like i am so it's so hard for me. I'm trying so hard to get down to 150 on Facebook because I know Facebook is a burning fire. It's like Twitter for some it's people. It's a dumpster fire. It is, but I don't, I'm not friends with family I don't want to interact with. I'm not friends with people I used to know that I interact And just like Facebook is so good for me because I have limited it so much. That's super. I know. Where were we going with this? How did we get here? I don't know. What's our first story? We kind of have to talk about the raccoon. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about the raccoon. Okay, do you want to talk about the raccoon last? Or do you want to talk about the letter we got last? Because we are not talking about the most depressing story. And either of those. So we can either talk about either of those stories. But we were talking about one of those two stories last. Well, the raccoon story, spoiler alert, is not a sad story. That's fine. I mean, do you want to talk? Everybody knows the raccoon story, I, I think, at this point. Let's talk about the raccoon okay, story. Okay, so let's get but the raccoon about, story okay, out of the way. We are, okay, viewers, I am pegging this. We're talking about the letter we got last. And after we talk about the letter, Sharon is also not allowed to say, oh, by the way, here's a story about the one-legged dog. Here's the thing. I have to make sure that I bring up this letter. Yes, you do. Because I did not cue it up. Okay. For the podcast. I just queued right. it up. Okay. Okay. I just right, queued it up. let's talk about the raccoon. 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 Let's talk about the raccoon. The raccoon. Should we talk the pumas and the crevices and the, the raccoon? You're no Tommy Smothers. So if you're not on social media... You know, I talk to the tree. <laughs> I love every little thing. That's a stupid, dumb, weirdo freak song. 
Oh, Tommy Smothers. I love being out with young people on long road trips and being like, you haven't heard of the Smothers Brothers? Yeah, there we go. Let me open something on Spotify for you. Here's Herman and Sally. Chocolate! All right, what, uh, so let's talk about the raccoon. The raccoon, you're being a little raccoon. Um, so if you aren't on social media... <laughs> but you're listening to this podcast published on a website. <laughs> you may not be aware that there was a raccoon that climbed a building in downtown St. Paul, Minnesota. Yes, a young raccoon. So here's the was, crazy thing. Yeah. Did I tell you how I found out about this? No, I just was taking a pause from work and suddenly it was everywhere on my phone. I have to do social media for my job, both as Bird Chick and as... Oh, that was the thing that I was going to say. Was that how Bird Chick has led me to all my things? Okay, well, okay. let's... Do you want to... Well, no, 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 right. no, no. Um, but, uh, so I open up social media because I have to fix something for one of my jobs. And I see Josh Carson, famous of the Die Hard Christmas Carol that happens every year in mm-hmm. Minneapolis. Yes. Uh, I was like, so basically, is all of same... It's happening in L.A. this year as well. What? Yes, there's a group that's going to perform. So Josh Carson is uh, an actor, writer, director, friend of ours. He loves Die Hard. His show that he does annually is A Very Die Hard Christmas. He is one of those people that uh, will defend that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It is. They do a show every year called A Very Die Hard Christmas, and there's a group in L.A. that is going to be performing this. I'm so happy for him. As am I. And Josh also gets, like, legit acting work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, he's done your Tony and Tina's. He's, yes. he's doing some drinking he show right now. He was in uh, an episode of, oh, God, Grey's Anatomy. I didn't know that. He was in, well, he was, he was in a background character. He's but like, I didn't know he's that like he was like, yeah, no, That's yeah, still no, bang. Okay, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. If you're anywhere near where a Die Hard Christmas Carol happens, right. watch it. We need to make sure to put up a link to their Facebook page. Or you can just Google it, because yeah. how hard is it to Google Die Hard Christmas Carol? Very hard for some people. Anyway, so anyway, Josh. So Carson. anyway, so like he, he in the Facebook piece, like, so is all of St. Paul right now <laughs> watching, we're just waiting to watch a raccoon die? And I was like, oh, I need to go to the Twitters for this. Because okay. I don't use Twitter as much as I used to, but I do use it for news. So I go to Twitter, mm-hmm. and I see like the number one thing trending, not only in Minnesota, but the nation is hashtag NPR raccoon. It was the story that gripped a nation. And, like, one of the first tweets I see is Mary Lucia, who is an infamous DJ here in town. I don't know if I should say infamous. No, she's a famous. Infamous is... Here's the weird thing I've noticed. I'm sorry, I'm going to do a sidebar here. Infamous is coming back as being more than famous. Do you remember that from... It's... Yeah. Because I've been telling people when they're like, oh, it's like, you're a celebrity. I was like, I prefer infamous. Yeah. No, it's it's coming back as as being because that was the joke in Three Amigos. Yeah, was that for a while people thought infamous meant more than famous. It's coming. I've seen that. Mul- I've seen that more than three times in online. Articles oh, I can't say that. That was my favorite line, yes. and it's like I don't want to seem It'll like I'm full of myself. Okay, so yeah. anyway, Mary Lucia, who is a famous DJ, she, iconic DJ in Minnesota. In let's Minnesota, let's realize yeah. we have people outside of Minnesota that listen to this. Okay, great. <laughs> but but I like, don't think any DJ is particularly like unless you're talking about John Peel, they're not famous beyond their particular region. I even feel like in Minnesota, like she has a very certain Yeah, no, crowd. she's been doing this. She has a fantastic career. She's a great DJ. She is great in, in the move in the music scene. She's You yeah. are brown nose in her heart. I don't give a shit about music, but I know who fucking Mary Lucia is. That's how big she is. I know who she is. Alright, alright, alright. Take it easy there, cowboy. 
But uh, anyway, like there was like a selfie video of her, like you know, very concerned mm. about the raccoon. And so I'm looking at it, and at the point that I found it, it was already ascending the building. Mm-hmm. So apparently, Tom, Tim, Tim Collins had seen it uh, hanging out around the building, about twenty feet up. And I'll have a Tom Collins. Tim. And was worried because, well, we've seen it for a couple of days. I don't think it's eating or drinking. Mm. And everybody, you have raccoons wherever you live. If you are in the United States, you have raccoons. If you are in a metro area where you think you have no wildlife, you have raccoons. They live in your sewers. Oh, yeah. They're everywhere. They're super, super common. About... Six seven years ago, I was we I went to a theater fundraiser with a friend who was out of town. I was driving her back in the middle of the night. We stopped for a red light, and a family of raccoons in the most urban area of Minneapolis ran across the street. We have multiple raccoons outside of our building. Yes, and we live in in close. So so it's just like oh, this raccoon came from the sewer. It's probably going after pigeons. Mm-hmm. Probably going after garbage that was around there. So oh, anyway, garbage. Yeah, absolutely. the concern that this person had was that oh, it was in the Skyway system trying to get one of the many pigeon nests in there, and then mm. just like stayed there for a couple of days, and it wasn't getting food and water. And I'm mm. worried. I'm like, well, who's getting pigeon eggs? It had plenty of water. Yeah. So they were trying to find a way to get it down. So they were trying to put ladders up around the raccoon, mm-hmm. and they were trying to use some. It doesn't look like a broom. It looks like some kind of wooden thing that mm-hmm. they were. Tra- and and the raccoon was having none of it. It was like screw y'all, I'm going this way, and then started climbing a neighboring building that happens to be 25 stories. And so by the time I saw it, it was like, oh shit, this raccoon has climbed 20 stories on this particular skyscraper. (laughs) And and where the skyscraper was climbing, I was trying to figure out, it's like, there are two skyscrapers next to NPR Mm -hmm. that look identical, and one has a peregrine falcon nest on it. Yeah. Boy, this raccoon, if it's going up the Peregrine Falcon one, it's... not going to work out well. And the DNR doesn't want me to talk about this, but there's a bald eagle nest super close to there. And and, and this bald eagle has brought in things about this raccoon size to its nest. And so I was like, I'm kind of going to follow this on Twitter because it's fascinating to me. And then things just exploded. Oh, one crazy. WCCO suddenly decided we're going to have a live cam on this raccoon. I was like... On the one hand, I was like, if anything can survive this right now, it's a raccoon. But on the other hand, this could end tragically really easily. Right. Especially, you know, as it's climbing a 25-story building <laughs> at the 20-story mark. Right. And then at one point, it's like, I'm just going to, like, hang out here on this window and, and take a nap because I'm a raccoon. Yeah. And so the fascinating yeah. thing to me, and I'm going to link to an article, was, like, all the artic- the questions I was getting from people was like... Oh, yeah. And everyone was like... Why aren't people going out? Why don't you break? What? Oh no! My favorite was why aren't you people opening a window to help this raccoon? Can't open windows in a skyscraper. Yeah, it's like when you're at the twenty-story mark. Yeah, they don't open windows. Aren't a thing because people will throw themselves out of them. We should be a little more sensitive to that because this is also the week where there's been some pretty. Okay, fair enough. But yes, you cannot open windows in a skyscraper. You cannot open windows in a skyscraper. We are definitely not trying to make light of suicide, but that's one right. of the that's reasons why. It's simply a practical matter. It's a matter. practical yes. matter. It's a practical matter. So then the thing was like, well, why aren't you using the fire department to use a glass cutter to open up a hole and grab this raccoon? Right. And it's like, you do realize like glass cutters make noise. Right. And if you're using a glass cutter, the raccoon's going to hear that 
and freak the fuck out. Right. And then you're going to make it panic, and then it's going to run away, and it may lose its footing and you fall. You cannot send a negotiator out to... <laughs> There's no negotiating with records. Right. There really isn't. <laughs> Mr. President, <clears throat> we do not negotiate with records. So anyway... So then it came to, why aren't you sending a window washer well down right. with some firefighters? Right. I have a friend who is who has a window washer... Window washer... Well, you made, us. you made fun of me for raccoons. I'm sorry. Window washer well, it falls into that world girl mm. birders thing. So it's right. like, why don't you send out? And it's like, okay, there is a chance this raccoon had, could have some diseases. Raccoons have a yes. lot of diseases. I mean, we don't know. This could be a teenage raccoon. Right. This could be a rabid raccoon. It could, yes, it could be It a also could have raccoon. that disease that you get from their poop when it's dried up and you inhale yeah. it. Uh Okay. There's also the thing of like, you know, you send the window washing well down to the mm-hmm. raccoon. The raccoon wakes up and it's like, I feel attacked. I'm going to attack all you all. Yeah. So it's like, it's not worth, I, I, I mean, I, I hate that this is going to send callous. Yeah. Human life versus raccoon. Yes. Raccoon made an this informed is, decision. Right. You can only, yeah, you can only control so much. And the raccoon knew what it was, it was capable of doing what it was doing. So, anyway, long story short, last night I'm watching, Raccoon is on the ledge, Raccoon starts to climb up, Raccoon starts to go down a few floors, I'm like, oh, Mm. Raccoon is either going to climb down or fall down, I'm going to go to bed, it's beyond Mm. my control. Raccoon ended up crawling up all the way to the roof, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, an Mm. animal management program had some wet cat food in a trap, Yep. quickly got trapped. Assessed, was fed more food, and everybody... Well, I should, I think the Wildlife Rehab Center checked it out, our local mm. one, the WRC. Turns out to be like a two-year-old female oh, raccoon, which wow, is wonderful, because I'm just like, everyone's like, what's the sex of a raccoon? And so many people are assuming it's a male. I was like, mm-hmm. no, it's a female, two years old. Uh, it has been released at an undisclosed location in mm-hmm. Shakopee, Minnesota. So All on right. someone's private property. I'm fascinated by this for several reasons now because it's like, wow, when I worked at the Wild Bird Store, people who had raccoons in their yard at their bird feeders, they would come to me, I can shoot this, right? Uh, or if I trap it, how far away do I have to take it so it's not raiding mm. my bird feeders? And now I wonder, it's like, was this two-year-old female raccoon actually in someone's yard? Maybe in Shakopee, maybe in Bloomington, maybe in YZ. And someone's like, oh, no, you can't live here. I'm taking you to Mears Park in St. Paul. And then bada-bing, bada-boom, it do ends we, up on... I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do they, did they tag it? Do we tag raccoons? No, we don't tag Okay, raccoons. I figured, yeah, it's not endangered. Who cares where fucking ra- raccoons go? They're everywhere. I, I made a joke on the bird chick page of like, you know, millions of cardinals, waterfowl, herons, mm. robins, or, or bluebirds, and, oh, and no, yeah. chickadees are baffled by nation's response to top nest predators stuck yeah. on a building. <laughs> Well, it's unusual, and it's a mammal, and, and It was people, fascinating to me. Yeah. No, it is unusual. The feat that it did, the fact that it climbed a mm-hmm. 25-story building like Spider-Man yep. is amazing. But at the end of the day, it's like, and everybody was like, oh, can't we just get it down and give it some trash? I was like, you do know they eat a lot of turtle eggs. They'll eat nestlings. They would eat you if they could. Do you think that in... A hundred years' time, there will be a festival where a guy dressed in a raccoon costume climbs the the building to commemorate this. I could probably make that happen. <laughs> Please do not. Because uh, where this happened was just a few blocks from my office in the Park <laughs> Service. Uh, my new duty 
uh, entails creating right. public programs. So why don't I start Raccoon Fest? Uh, you could. Urban Sorry, Wildlife Fest, all dedicated to hashtag NPR That would be interesting because your park is actually the river, which mm-hmm. people think of, oh, it's fish. It's, you know, the water and stuff like that. If you talked about the non-aquatic wildlife, that would be an interesting angle to No, take. my favorite thing with my park are the people are like, yeah, but it's not a real park. And that's when I literally will sure. go full mankind on you. <laughs> I may... Right. I may even bring a folded chair into mm. this. I may go Steve Austin 316 on you and be like, we are a real park, even though we are recreation area. We don't right. have like national park as a designation, but. Sure. No, I think that would be that. That's why don't you suggest that for next year, if you can get one of those people who climbs building and hopefully God, they don't die. Uh, you can have somebody climb a, uh, a park building. We're not going to have people climbing things, but mm-hmm. we'll celebrate raccoons and we'll talk about all the birds that raccoons eat. Sure. All the problems think, well, raccoons cause. Well, raccoons are, raccoons are, as we talk about charismatic megafauna, I don't know if raccoons are terribly charismatic to not climb buildings. They're charismatic like, to people who know nothing about them. Exactly. But like foxes and things like that. Like foxes are also yeah. charismatic to people who know nothing about them. Oh, I love foxes and I know about them. But, but you, you you know what they eat. Yeah. You, you know, yes. they're, they're, yeah. yeah. Foxes have to be managed in areas where they're endangered yeah. species because foxes are problematic. Oh, and you've clearly missed the story today about someone who lost their 14-year-old poodle to a deer in Minnesota. Um, oh, no, I completely saw that. Actually, I saw that in reference to somebody else talking about the record. Now that we're talking done talking about the... NPR raccoon, can we talk about... Uh, the deer that killed the dog? Somebody actually referred to it, I think it was on your page, as the kill deer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that! <laughs> That's awesome. No, so, but the thing about that was, like, the, the news headline I saw was, like, aggressive deer kills dog. Yeah. And then I, like, read the story, it was like, the dog went after the deer and was barking at it, and the deer attacked the dog, and I was like... Yep. Technically, isn't that aggressive dog gets killed That's by deer? That's self-defense. <laughs> I was like, the dog went after the deer. And, and, and I just want to sympathize. Yeah. I feel bad. Somebody's pet was Somebody's lost. Somebody's pet died. That is terrible. That's I feel terrible. bad for them. But at the end of the day, the pet went after the deer. This would be like me. So right. we have a pet rabbit. Yep. Dougal. We don't let him outside unless we're out there supervising yep. him. But this would be like me saying a really aggressive eagle, eagle came down and ate our pet rabbit. And mm-hmm. it's like... We have a prey animal. Yeah. It is it's, on us. It's not like the the eagle would crash through our screen door and our window yeah. to get the rabbit. That's that's on us. That's on us. But we do periodically take Dougal out we to do. our courtyard. And he we always <laughs> He likes it when the dandelions are yes. fresh. But we supervise him and like part of our duty is to make sure yes. like some wayward red tail or yes. the bald eagle that flies really yeah. low over our building. Well, let's put it this way. Dougal is not a roamer. Dougal like, likes to hide. He is not a particularly adventurous rabbit. We have had Cinnamon was a very adventurous rabbit. Yes. Would go and explore everywhere. I think we took her to the, the Rose Garden at one point and she was running around like on a leash and things like that. We well, no, 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 but but if you remember our first rabbit, Latte, mm-hmm. who was much smaller than either of the two rabbits we're talking about, we also had him in the rose garden. Mm-hmm. And one day, a Cooper's hawk flew in mm. and was like checking him out. And I mean, it's on us. Like when you have, yeah. So I just kind of feel like aggressive deer kills dog. It was like if you read the story, aggressive dogs start shit. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that someone lost their dog, but the dog went after the deer and the deer did was like... It's like we had a friend who uh, had a dog and they had some very lovely woodland property that they would walk it on and people people rode horses through there. Mm. And it's like that was... I mean, because it was a very rural area where people would ride horses and everybody knew what happened. And the dog freaked out about horses. And it was like... We had to control the dog. That yeah. was on us. It was, was not us, the fault yeah. of the person riding their horse through this trail where horses would go through. And we did. How All right. long will it take us to get through actual birding stuff? Okay, what's next? I just have to ask, how many minutes are we in before we've actually talked about actual bird stories? Uh, 32 minutes. No, I'm sorry, everybody. So, while we're going down memory if lane... If anyone listens to this at this point for actual birding news... That's on them. <laughs> We're at episode 237. Fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> Fool me 237 times, shame on me. I'm just going to use this as like some point, like if I'm widowed, to go back mm. and listen to what it was like being married to you. Oh, God. <sighs> and this is probably, that's probably a result of me listening to Terrible Thanks for Asking. Anyway, yeah. anywho. Anywho. Um, so, uh, speaking of NPR raccoons and birds, uh, there was... Oh, shit, and I just realized it's by the same guy who was covering the hashtag NPR raccoon, mm-hmm. Tim Nelson. Uh, didn't... Tim Blake Nelson, who was in no, Oh, Brother, Where Art There? No, and directed I... some... Oh, sorry. See, I go to Tim Nelson, which makes me think of Tom Nelson, which, if you are my age and a blog connoisseur, you remember Tom Nelson as being the Ivoryville skeptic right. during that whole nonsense. Right. Tom Nelson, where are you now? Tom Nelson, who used to like email me, he's like, you need to take my blog more seriously because David Sibley reads it. Mm. Okay. So you have a post by Tom Poston. Tim Nelson from NPR. <laughs> Tom Poston. I wish. I wish <laughs> I would get hate email uh, from Tom Poston. Is he still alive? Yeah, no, he, he died a few years ago. Did I ever tell you? This may be. <laughs> Wait, okay. I, oh, God. Oh, where is this going to go? <laughs> Oh, fuck. Okay. So, uh, speaking of Tom Poston. Yes. When I was in high school. Oh, God. Okay. Where is this going to go? I don't know. <laughs> I was... You're on this journey with me, I podcast listeners. This journey's going to blow your mind. Yeah. I was in high school. Yep. I was in show choir summer camp. Yep. <laughs> Tom Poston's brother was our choir director. Oh. Okay. And, and it was and it was really weird for me because... You could tell that he was used to working with professional choirs, right. not with a bunch of, because we were an all-female high school right, show choir, right. so we're full of hormones and we want to talk because right, right. it's camp. He was not used to dealing with uh, young ladies that want to chat. He was used to dealing with professional actors, but I just remember it was such a weird dis- disconnect for me because like, he looks so much like Tom Poston, <laughs> and I'm thinking of all the things like in New Heart and everything, it was like... The dude from Newhart is yelling at me. I don't know what to do. I kind of want this to keep going on. Wow. I'm not going to make the joke I'm thinking about making. Okay, so let's go to the story. <laughs> okay, so anyway, Tim Nelson right. of hashtag NPR Raccoon fame sure. did an article about Pat Reddig from the University of Minnesota's yes. Raptor Center. Yep. And I bring this up because... Uh, the Raptor Center is 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 a main. I, I don't want to say it's a main thing in Minnesota. It is a huge thing. So I wanted no, to huge. take. I wanted to take this back. It is the Mayo Clinic of Raptors. Dare I say? If you have a Raptor Rehab Center mm. where you live, 
you would not have it without Pat Reddick. Yeah, absolutely. And just to give you an idea, because Pat Reddick is a huge part of my birding career. Mm -hmm. So when you and I were in college for a theater in Terre Haute, Indiana, and you were introducing me to the internet in, this would have been, what, 94, 95? No, in college? Yeah. Uh, We met in 94, 95. Yeah, okay, yeah, 94, 95, yeah, okay. You were, one of your my attractions to you mm-hmm. was that you had internet in your apartment. Yes. I lived in Mary Student Housing. I had true Ethernet connection, for those of you who know what that means. You were in Mary Student Housing, and yet you were not married. I was not. Anyway, um, but I also would have to use the public computer lab. Yeah. But you were showing me how to get on this thing called the internet. The internet, which had just been invented a few years ago. I went on it once before I met you, and the thing that happened... I went into a chat room mm-hmm. uh, in the public computer lab. Let's skip past that and go to the... I just want to say, like, it was it was stereotypical because it was like, oh, oh yeah. here's somebody who's talking to me. Yeah. No. Why are you asking those questions about my private parts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so... Let's so you, get to the actual anyway, story. Anyway, so you taught me how to safely navigate this Mm -hmm. thing called the internet and you were telling me you can type in a web address for something you like and you might find things about it oh yeah and i remember doing things like looking for madonna at this Mm -hmm. time there were no madonna websites nope i remember looking at for things like barry manilow there was nothing for barry manilow part of me is kicking myself for like why didn't we buy those domains? Uh, but anyway, so cool. but like one of the they things they were fucking expensive. It was like ninety dollars. Like I'm a college student. I don't have ninety dollars. No, but to in do hindsight, this. God, could you imagine how much money we made? Yeah, anyway, but I mean, that. it's just I remember. I remember looking up those specific yeah. things. But I do remember like starting to look up birds, and when I did that. The first website I ever found was for the University of Minnesota's yep. Raptor Center. Yep. And they would have, like, here's an osprey, here's what an osprey sounds like. And this was in Terre Haute, Indiana. And I distinctly remember looking at this. You were in Terre Haute, Indiana. We both were. No, I'm saying the website wasn't in No, Terre Haute, the website Indiana. was in Minnesota. Yeah. So, um, when we were thinking about where we were going to move mm-hmm. after we graduated... And Minnesota came up. I would distinctly remember. It's like, Mm -hmm. that website we found is in Minnesota. I could, like, volunteer or work there and give give programs with live birds of prey. It was a distinct factor. And this was one of the first places to have a website. Before Madonna. Before Barry Manilow. Can I tell you, I was... um... While you were away this week, I was like, I was doing, I was trying to repair an old computer. I was frantically looking for the cable that I needed, went through one of the boxes and found your old Raptor handling glove. <gasps> and, oh. your, and your leash from that. It's like, oh, That's, oh the leash you found is my red tail leash. Yeah. I'd say that. Yeah. I miss, I honestly, I really miss working with Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. That, it could, but it's, a, but I travel too much to do yeah, it now. But, but, but it was like, so, before you and I even got married, I, like, went through the training, and I used to give programs with live birds of prey. Some of the birds that I used to give programs with are still alive. Yeah. The turkey vulture. Yep. And the turkey vulture and I were hatched the same year in mm-hmm. July of 1974. So, that turkey vulture is 43, like I am. Mm-hmm. Somebody on a birding page was like, hey, I was at the University of Minnesota's Raptor Center, and I saw this. What is this? And I was like, oh. That's the Crider's Red Tail at the Raptor yeah. Center named Casper. Oh, shit. That bird's still alive. But this was all started by Pat Reddick yep. and his friend, Dr. Gary Duke. Yep. And they started the first rehabilitation center for raptors. And yes. it grew from there. And it's become this college. And it Pat... a lot of raptor rehabilitators. It has been like a dandelion 
The seeds have spread throughout the world. It has been amazing. And so I just want you to know, if you know anything, you should know who Dr. Pat Reddick is, who sure. retired. He, If you have a raptor rehab center in your place, because the main thing that his organization was about was education. Mm-hmm. Number one, teaching people like why you don't want to shoot birds of prey. Right. How you can learn to live with birds of prey. Mm-hmm. Also, when you find an injured bird of prey, this is how you take care of them. Yep. But I was like, that was a huge influential thing about us moving to Minnesota. Like, it was also at the time we were all about the acting. Yeah. But. What is the actual story we're talking about here? Um, It's a story about his retirement. Yes. Dude fucking retired. Yes, he did. That was the story. He retired. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, and how long, like, did he just retire this year? I thought he retired No, he earlier. just retired this year. <sighs> how long has he been working in Raptor Rehabilitation? Oh, my Lord Almighty. Like, I remember stories of, like, because falconry, you know, in America was not a big deal. But in uh, Middle Eastern countries, it was a huge status symbol and stuff. And so people would fly their... Um, people flew pat to the Middle East to yes. work on their falcons. And with their fal- it's like, and I remember uh, a few years ago, there was a, a photo that was going viral of... It was an airline, uh, uh, like a 747 or something, and there were all these birds of prey on it. That was a falconry flight. It's like, oh, I know what's going on there. It's like, people were like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, I know exactly, like, it didn't surprise me at all. I know exactly what is going on here. This is some rich person from the Middle East who has all these birds of prey as a... um, as a status symbol, and they are flying them on this exclusive Yeah, and Pants, Pants, yeah. Pat Reddick's uh, interest into birds came in through falconry. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when I started at the Raptor Center, I was like, oh, falconry's bad. I've read, like, all this, you right. know. <clears throat> and Pat's friend, Frank, at the time, was the curator of birds mm-hmm. and taught us about falconry. And oh, just no. opened my eyes to what it really was. We would not have the peregrine population that we have now without the efforts of falconers and you know, dr pat reddick and, and Dr. gary like Duke, with who both were, yeah, yeah. exactly no it wouldn't it would not exist although if they had introduced the peregrine falcons we might have more nighthawks boom ching well that's the that's the ups and downs of of anyway you should read nature. this article pat reddick is retiring he's done a lot for the raptor center if you if, if you oh my heavens it, yeah God, remember when we first moved here and went to the Raptor Center and they had that terrible video that they would show? wasn't a terrible video. It was a cheesy video that we'd make. No, I, well, speaking of, let's not get into that, but the specific thing of Pat Reddick that they have Pat Reddick was, was amazing. It was a photo of him, like, his hand was on an injured bird of prey and his head was on his, his other hand was on his forehead and it looked like he was Praying or overcome with grief or it was, something but, like but that. But if you look at it, it's like he's very clearly, like, there, there, there is, like, a stethoscope and yeah, he's exactly. listening for something It there. has nothing to do with, like, this man cares so much for raptors. He does care so it much was, for raptors, but, but it does. wasn't that. But it, but it was also, like, as he's doing that, there's also, like, the chorus of children yeah. singing off key. Like, yeah, eagle, God. hawk, and owl, and falcon, so they can fly free. But he was... And I'm not doing full force. It was terrible. Yeah. He's an amazing scientist. He has an amazing impact on nature. Uh, I'm so happy that he has been around, and I'm happy that he is I wish he was getting more recognition, but I love that national, that Minnesota Public Radio. It's one of those things, like, everybody who is in 
falconry or nature or something. They know who he is. He has made his impact. I'm just he saying, has... if you live someplace that has a wildlife rehabilitation center specifically yep. for birds of prey, you would not have that if it weren't for yep. the raptor. Because the raptor center holds classes. One hundred percent agree. All right, what's our next story? I just it just was sad to me. Cause I shouldn't say sad. It was special to me because yeah, that's one of the reasons we moved to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. All right, are we going to get to the uh, the letter here? We're at 40 I tell you what, we're going to do, okay, we should do at least one more news-ish story. Right. It's not sad. Yeah. So, uh, what county are you from in Ohio? I am from Richland County in All Ohio. Right. Do you know where Lorraine County I is? I do. Lorraine County is, there's a county, and then there's Lorraine County. So, basically, Lorraine County was... In terms of stupid high school sports, it was one of our competitors, but it is not terribly far. You have you have not uh, you have definitely been in Lorraine County because basically, so there's my county, there's Sandusky County, which is where uh, Cedar Point is, which is the most amazing thrill ride park in America. Please go there if you haven't. There's Lorraine County, and then there's Cleveland. So I'm I'm sure I've birded around oh, there, yeah. but with the yeah, whole yeah, biggest yeah, yeah. week thing going on. Um, so, there's a spat between the Lorraine County Police mm. and city government that leaves officers covered in bird poo. Oh, okay. So, in Lorraine... Sounds like something that would happen in uh, Lorraine. Tigers rule, Lorraine! The long arm yeah, of the law now reaches into bird nests. The police union in Lorraine has filed a grievance against the city... Because two officers were defecated upon by cliff swallows uh, outside the department's employee entry. You can't. Okay, they have a nest there? Oh, I'm sure they have multiple nests there. Yeah. According to the grievance, several bird nests above the entrance have caused, quote, unsanitary conditions to those entering the precinct. The unsanitary conditions have been the subject of numerous complaints from employees, and the matter has already been reported to the city. The police union has requested a canopy to be set up outside the employee entrance to shield the officers from the unwanted projectiles. Mm-hmm. You can tell someone like was recently out of grad school as they wrote this. Sure. I'm going to just tell you to prepare yourself for the bad joke I'm going to make. But Go continue. for it. No, so, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm going to end this. According to documents obtained by News 5, it appears the police union was under the impression that the netting that was supposed to have been installed last year after the birds were done nesting in the area to prevent further occurrences of defecation, Mm. uh, the netting was never installed. Ah. So when an officer asked about the netting and the city having, quote, Drop the ball. They were told that the fire department would come out and use hoses to clear out the cliff swallow nest of the that. building. They're migratory birds. The plan was later rescinded when it was made known that doing so would violate federal law. Yeah. Migratory bird. The Act. migratory bird act. Yes, which prohibits that. So, so a grievance has been filed, and a letter to the sergeant said. This should not be the most pressing issue of the day for any of us. Mm-hmm. I think we should be, all caps, more, on all caps, focused on crime, safety, budgets, gangs, gunfire, etc., etc. Not swallow poop. Here's my reaction. Yeah. Prepare yourself. Don't drink while I'm telling you this. If they were supposed to put up nets and they didn't put up nets, I'm going to have to say we have to blame it on Lorraine. Oh! Boom! Mic drop! I am out! <laughs>
end of podcast. For people who are really young. <laughs> no, don't explain it. No, I need to. I need to. I am out. I am walking away from this podcast forever. I have nothing more to contribute. I want you to know how sad non-birding Bill's victory is. Can I? And you don't want me to end on the saddest note in this podcast? This is the saddest note in the podcast. All right. If you want to explain my joke, please do. You just made a hardcore Millie Vanilli reference. Yes, I did, motherfuckers. (laughs) Boom. I have been doing the math on that for 10 minutes, waiting for the mic drop. So here's the thing. I thought... (laughs) The Lorraine County Police <laughs> was going to sound the saddest for not sucking it up and just yeah. maybe walking a little faster yeah. so let cliff swallows don't poop on you. <laughs> but you're hanging your hat on a Millie Vanilli reference. All right, now to complete my victory, I'm going to do a victory lap here. Let's talk about the, uh, the, the email you got. Some dude named Colin Conroy Yes. sent an email that said, Wait, no, we have to reference this story. This was like our last you episode. You reference the story. Our last episode, you were talking, we were talking about dinosaurs. How did this come up? up? I don't remember. You're the just... one that this pertains to, so you should probably <laughs> you, remember what it's about. You, we were talking about dinosaurs being extinct, and I specifically told you dinosaurs are not extinct because birds exist. Birds are descended from dinosaurs. They are not extinct. And so... Some guy named... You, you took me to task for this. Some guy named Colin... Emailed me. Colin. A guy named Colin emailed me. Colin Firth me. emailed you. Colin Conroy, not Colin Firth. Oh. Emailed me. Well, he probably changed his last name. Colin Firth emailed me. <laughs> and said, hi, Sharon. Regarding this discussion about birds and dinosaurs on the last podcast, dash. Yes. Bill is right. Yep. Birds are dinosaurs, therefore dinosaurs are not extinct. Bye for now, Colin. This means that I eat dinosaurs. Do you know how awesome... In addition to my amazing How are you not eating just lizards? ...that I just made five minutes ago, I eat dinosaurs. I had dinosaurs for lunch. You oh. are the Dr. Laura of dinosaurs. Wait, what? That's how we're ending this podcast. <laughs> okay. I don't have anything to add to that. We're going to come back to this issue. Uh, this is Bird Chick Podcast number 237. If you have anything to say to Sharon, you can find her on Twitter. She is at Bird Chick. I almost said you can find her on Bird Chick. She is at Twitter. Uh, you can email her, Sharon at BirdChick.com. You can find her on Facebook. We will be back.